Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. We'll, uh, be able to email everybody back. And the floor is yours, Coach Menachem. Wow, thank you, Reb Osher. Look what you put together over here. Kanai Nahara. So before I start, I also want to say thank you to the sponsors, Click Our Glass and the Matzev.com, everyone for sponsoring this amazing platform. And thank you again, Osher, your wife and your family for putting in all the Koyches. It is really unbelievable. The Koyches that you put in and the feedback that we're getting is really the positive feedback is really unbelievable. And a special thank you for Aviaka Salomon for being with us on this special platform. Experience and expertise that you have in general that you'll share with the Oilem and specifically with experiencing your own journey with this COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, thank you Hashem that you are here to tell the story you can't, you can't really imagine the, the positive feedback that comes, the questions that come pouring in every day. It's really unbelievable. Just by seeing the feedback and the questions, it gives me the physic and it gives me the kayak to do, say, we've got to do this again. And Rebosha, this gives the whole um, excitement to, do, to keep on doing it. And it's really unbelievable um, to see how people walk in to this the platform and they walk out with a little bit of awareness, a little bit of chizik, just seeing that it's not only them. We're in this together, everybody in their situation. And uh, every person experiences this differently. It could be two people even in the same house, even a spouse, kids. They all, we all have a different, different way of um, looking at a situation, feelings, the reactions. Like, like we say that it's a, a big storm, but we're all in this boat. We're all in our each, in, we're all in our each boat together uh, by ourselves. Everybody's in their own boat in this big storm. Let me, let me rephrase, Achim. We're all, we all have our own boat, but it's one big storm. Everybody has their own particular parsha. And very important to know that because just to understand that when you talk to anybody, you talk to somebody, he'll see it the same way that you see it. So if it could be kids, it could be a spouse, we have to learn some effective listening. Just listen. And it might be totally different the way you see it, but just try to, to see they see it differently. And that is step number one, just so that you can um, understand others. And like, like Lucia said, we have listeners from a big, um, from all over Canada and England, and it's really, really amazing. And I want to thank Hashem that I can be part of this chizik all together with the Olam. I'll share for a few minutes, and then we'll get to hear from our special guest, Reverend Solomon, and then we'll open the floor, Reverend Asher will open the floor to the question and answer. So let's get real. Let's get real together. Now, 
it's not easy to get real. I know many people think getting real, who is not real? We're all real. But when things are running smoothly, when we are in comfort zone, there could be a lot of escaping. There could be a lot of running. And the reason for that is because we all have certain things that we do not feel comfortable with. So as long as we're in routine and we're in our comfort zone, we have our daily routine, we keep on going, and basically we hope for the best. Now, the problem is when we're in such a, such a situation, as of now, there's a lot of things that are, it's hard to push them under the rug. It might be like a place that you're in, you might not be really wanting to be where you are, or it could be a person that you're with, situation you don't like, could be health, could be wealth, there's a lot of anxiety, concerns, and we can run away and we make shalom with the matzah, but now it's a little bit harder. And basically to get real could be a little bit painful to see what's really going on. And the number one thing that we need to do to become real is to slow down, to stop and to breathe. Baruch Hashem, we're here, we're healthy, we can all breathe. But there are our breath is very shallow. One of the things we teach is deep breathing. Just to take a few minutes and breathe in and breathe out. You can be sitting on a couch and doing nothing, and you think you're relaxing. But the, the reality is that it could be you are relaxing, but your mind is really racing. We have around 70,000 thoughts a day, Be'erach. You can imagine our thoughts go back and forth. So even if you're sitting and you believe you're taking it easy, you're relaxing on your couch, but your mind, are you aware of where your mind is? So you can try this out if you stop for a few minutes in a quiet place and just sit there without any Anything disturbing you, no technology and nothing around you, no svarim, don't open a book, just sit there and breathe in and out. It's a very hard exercise. You can try it. I've tried it. It's not easy. And things you automatically start thinking, I have to take care of this, I have to take care of that. That's part of our thoughts. You'll become aware of them. The next step, what we need is a little bit of acceptance and self-love because when you do stop, slow down, you become aware of these things that you might not want to see. You want to push it under the rug, but in this situation, sometimes it's hard. It's coming out. Somebody's pulling the rug and everything is coming out. So either you can try to fight it, which you'll feel depleted after a while, or you could look at it, even though it's painful and just accept it, and then eventually you'll be able to see where you can go. But first, be there, accept, and self-love is very important. Just to see how critical people are when they do something wrong, or even during the day, when you become aware of your thoughts, you might find some things that you're not so happy about. But to believe that this is where Hashem put us, and um, Hashem is running the world like we all see it now, very clearly, 
and Hashem put us in our houses with the situation, whatever it is, and we're seeing things we don't really like, and this is where Hashem wants us to be, and we need a little bit of acceptance and start thanking Hashem for the things that are working out. Now, many things in our life we, we don't question. Usually we don't question because we don't know if we'll have the answers to it. So might as well keep quiet and uh, just do what you have to do. But in a situation like this, it's hard to keep things the way they are. Sometimes you try to figure out what's going on. And this is really what tonight's uh, with Rabbi Solomon is called deeper meaning in these unprecedented times. A little bit deeper meaning, which it could be in a regular day when things are working out, we don't really have the time to sit down and think a little bit deeper. But now I think a lot of people need it and uh, it might help a little bit and maybe Rabbi Solomon would help us out. I just want to finish with two practical things that I believe will help and not that it's easy, we mentioned it before. So the first thing is to find every day three minutes, a quiet place where you could sit down and not be disturbed and just breathe in and out. You could put on your timer. If you want, you can close your eyes, just relax, take it easy. The second step is journaling, writing down two positive things every day. Now for many people, they only feel good, they only have the positive, when big things work out. For example, they go to Orlando, then they feel good. Or they buy a huge new furniture for their house, then they feel accomplished, they feel, ah, oh, schmuck. But when it comes to the small daily things, the very small things every day, they don't really uh, appreciate it. And that's something we have to work on, and I think a lot of people are aware of this, Bechlal, that we're healthy and we can breathe. And uh, the small things you have, Baruch Hashem, we have beautiful weather. Take a deep breath. You have warm water in your house. Things are working out. Just to wash your hands, being mindful of those things makes a big difference. And that's a, a lot of it is what we need now in these times. So again, these two exercises, number one is find a quiet place for three minutes. If you want, you can send me an email and tell me how it went. And also, you can write down your thoughts while you're sitting there. I, I let you have a pen and paper in front of you. Might make it a little bit easier. You can write down those thoughts that come into your head, whatever it is. Put it on a piece of paper so at least you know with what you're dealing with. And the second one is to every day write down two positive, small things that you're grateful for and you'll start feeling a little bit of positive. There is a lot of negativity going on. And even though you might think it's not affecting you, but it's in the ear. And we have to counter, you have to counteract by consciously writing down, consciously thanking Hashem for all the small things. So now I would like to give over the platform to Rabbi Solomon, if you can give us a little bit of the physic and Dibre um, Brocha. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi Menachem. Thank you. Uh, all well, all well uh, accepted, and there's some good ideas over there. Hello, everybody. I see a lot of familiar faces. Waving to all of them, even the ones who are not familiar. 
saying hello to everybody. And uh, it's nice to see you. This is uh, worthwhile just to be able to see some people. You know, you don't see too many people these days. You're stuck in the house. And if you're like me, you sit by the front door or by the window and you look, I say, oh, human, human. Oh, there's somebody human out there. You run out, somebody, you know, you want to connect. We want to connect with somebody. Uh, uh, what should I tell you? We're all devastated and uh, we're all heartbroken. And uh, most of us, I think it's fair to say, are uh, terrified. And a lot of us are broke. And uh, that pretty much summarizes where, where everybody is at, pretty much, pretty much. And everybody's seeking answers. Everybody wants to know what are the messages? What are the answers? What are we supposed to, how are we supposed to understand what's going on? And of course, you know, I don't have to give you the whole speech. I don't have all the answers. Uh, I don't have any of the answers. And I don't feel too bad about it because I don't think anybody else has them either. Uh, so nobody knows what's going on. Everybody tries and everybody is pretty much clueless. So, you know, if you don't understand it, I don't, we're all in good company. Nobody knows what's going on. Uh, I'm gonna give you an idea that I have, just a thought that I have, it's far from definitive. And it's, um, it's just given over in the thought of, you know, here's one of the things that maybe we can try and do something, do something better. Um, I think all the messages we're getting are very personal and everybody has to dig deep and ask himself, what can I do better? And I think that's the way it works. So um, that's our job to do. And I wanna tell you a, a quick story, one of my favorite stories, and some of you who, who know me, you know the story already, but it might be worth repeating. And the reason that I thought of it was yesterday was May 2nd, you know what May 2nd is, of course. May 2nd is my mother's birthday. Uh, my mother, Alaa Shalom, would have been 109 yesterday, but uh, she, uh, she, she died about 11 years ago. And uh, I'm going to tell you one very quick story of what happened when she was 96. And she was an incredible woman, believe me, trust me on that. She was something, she was something special. Uh, I went to visit her at the assisted living, which was near my house. We went every day, sometimes twice a day. I come into her room, picture this. I walk in, she's laying down, 96 years old, frail. She weighed about 75 pounds and uh, good health. And she uh, was asleep, took a nap, middle of the day, fine. I come in, I sat down at the edge of the bed and just waited, I didn't have to wait long, a minute or two. A minute or two, she was up ready. Oh, you're here, are you here long? No, I'm not here long, it's fine, it's fine, fine. And we start talking and then I made a mistake. What was the mistake? During the conversation, I started to yawn. Low tov, not nice, not good, especially for your mother. Yawning in the middle of the conversation, looks like you're bored, didn't go over well. So she looks at me and she didn't want to let it go. So she says to me, uh, you know, you don't get much sleep, do you? So I said, no, you know, I'm a busy guy. You know, I don't get much sleep, but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. So she says, you know, it's interesting, she said, I'd, I'd like to ask you a question. I said, sure, she was, she was always asking questions, um, digging deeper into things. And she says to me, tell me, when you lay down to go to sleep, do you fall asleep right away or do you toss and turn for a while? A good question. So that's when I made my second mistake. So I said, oh no, I fall asleep right away. Uh, I, I, I'm sleeping before I hit the pillow already. I'm, I'm so exhausted. And I realized, 
How stupid is that? You know, she's probably tossing and turning. And here she hears me say, I fall asleep right away. But that's not where she went. She always had a surprise. So she said, really? You fall asleep right away, you know? And I felt so bad for her. You know? But she turned it around. She said, you fall asleep right away? I feel so bad for you, she said. I said, mom, you didn't hear me. I said, I do fall asleep right away. She said, I know, I heard you. I feel so bad for you, she said. I said, why? She says, if you fall asleep right away, when do you have time to think? Whoa. And then that set me back. I should have expected that from her. She was a thinker. She used to just sit and sometimes just think. That's all. When's the last time we did that? Just sit and think. Now we don't do that. Where we're rushing, we're running, where we're busy, we're in a hurry, we're speeding all around, we're flying all over the world. We're, we, we got so much to do, we're in our cars jumping out, running, doing so many things. But you and I know we've slowed down now, these last seven, eight weeks. Oh, we're slow now. Yeah, you see, you see we, we, don't, we don't run anymore. There's nowhere to run to, right? There's, no, there's nowhere to go. We, we found time, look at you, there's hundreds of people here who found time late at night to tune in. When would we ever done this? Oh, and we got so many things to do. We, we, I gotta catch up, I got so much to do from the business. And some of the, there's so much to do. We don't try to figure things out anymore. And I think we fall into something that I used to call the the coleslaw syndrome, the coleslaw syndrome. And, and, and let me explain. Uh, quite a few years ago, I was in Eretz Yisrael and I was with a tour guide and we were going on the southern wall of the Kaisel. And there were a lot of excavations at the time. Now it's beautiful over there, but a lot of excavations going on. And there were many stairwells that went into the Harabayas from there. And we were walking up one of the stairs. And as we're walking up one of the stairs, I made a remark, just uh, you know, as usual, wise craps, wise crack Solomon. I said, you know, look at these stairs. Look at it. Well, one of them is deep. One of them is shallow. One of them is long. One of them is wide. They're all different. This is not a regular stairway. It's not so hard to make a stairway where it's uniform, where everything is the same. This must have been some architect or some engineer that put this stairway together. And the tour guide turned around to me, and he said. You know, that's, that's very interesting what you said. I said, there's nothing particularly interesting about it. It's just kind of like a, just a silly remark. He said, no, no, no. He said, there's a theory that these steps were made that way intentionally. They could have made each step the same. Every stairway you see is the same. It, it, even if it was a 2,000 years ago, they could have made the steps the same. The theory was, he said, that they intentionally made each step different because when you walk out of the base Hamikdash, walking up is hard enough, but when you walk down one of those steps where each one is different, believe me, go to a sixth grade when the kids are, are, are finished. Remember when you used to go to yeshiva? Go to a sixth grade when, it, when, it's, when it's recess time, they're flying down the steps six at a time, jumping down because it's so easy to do. But if the steps are different, each one is different shallow, you can't run down the steps. So maybe they made that stairway intentionally different so that when you left the base on Mikdash, you would think about every single step that you took. 
you became extremely conscious. I'm leaving the base of Mikdash. I got to watch every step I take. I have to think about where I was. Maybe it was intentional. And then he said something interesting. He said, what was that called when you do things without really thinking about them? That's called hergel. We do anything just hergel. So he says, what is hergel? He says, what's the word for the part of your body that you do when you walk? That's regel. Well, we don't think about walking, we just walk. So that's the same as hergel. And when did they come to the base of Mikdash, he said? On the shalash? Regalim. It's the regel. That's the time that we might be in danger of doing things behergel. And then someone else said, which was really brilliant, said, you know, it's the same word in English. The word in English is regular. We do things, everything is regular. We do it behergel, not conscious, and we do it everything regular. And this is what the Navi in Yeshayo, Chavtes, tells us is we're doing things by rote. We become robots. Somebody I remember said incredibly, I remember many years ago, said, I think he's in Canada now, he's a Rosh Yeshiva. He said, you know, I learned 16 years in Yeshiva in New York. And come to think of it, looking back on those 16 years, I learned a lot, but I don't think I ever heard Hashem's name mentioned. Whoa, whoa, we're learning, we're forgetting why. We're learning more than ever, and we're davening more than ever, and we're doing chesed more than ever. It is incredible, Mikam Israel, but maybe we're forgetting why. Maybe we're not connecting it to the Rebbeinu Shalala. Maybe we're not thinking about the Rebbeinu Shalala. Maybe we're not thinking at all. Why do I call this the coleslaw syndrome? That's what you should be wondering about. Because this is what we do. We're creatures of habit. This is where I buy my coleslaw. I have a certain place. Oh, you want, I want to go to that coleslaw? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't go there for coleslaw. I go here for coleslaw. And this is where I get my lunch. And this is how I drive. And this is when I wake up every day at the same time. And this is when I go to sleep. And this is the Zemiris that I sing every week. The same tune and the same thing. That's it's Mesaira. And this is the same Devar Torah I say for this Parsha every year. And this is the amount of tzedakah that I give. I'm a $100 man on my check. And I'm a 250 man on my check. And I'm a 36 on my check. And this is how our life goes. It's become a little bit, if I may suggest, a little bit robotic. And we're not connecting anymore. We're not remembering what, why we're doing what we're doing. What, here's a challenge to you folks. What do you think, I prepared this, you'll see. What do you think is the scariest six-letter word in the English language? Think about it. The scariest six-letter word in the English language. I'm going to give you my, my idea. No, it's not police. No. And it's not 
Bernie. Yeah. And it's not, remember six letter words, and it's not Blasio. And it's not Minion. Pretty scary though. Are you ready? It's not even Corona. I suggest that the scariest six letter word in the English language is change. Oh no. Oh, don't try to do that. Don't try to do that. I am set in my ways and this is who I am. Well, guess what? Maybe not. Maybe you should not be set in your ways. Like Rav mentioned before, maybe we need to get out of our comfort zone. Many of the Bali Musas say that tshuva is not being better. Tshuva is being different. Huh. Think about that. Being different. Wherever I was, very nice. But let me try to be a little different. Let me say I'm not, this is not who I am. This does not necessarily describe me. I can do something else. I think we're doing great. But maybe, maybe our Shemona Esrei should be longer. Or maybe they should be shorter. Why do they always have to be exactly the same amount of time? Maybe I, I should be one of those guys who does say hello to strangers in the base medrash. Not because necessarily because it's a mitzvah, but get out of your comfort zone. I don't like to do that. I'm not that type. Maybe you should be that type. Maybe I need to help at home more. Nah, my wife, she's okay with it. Yeah, okay, but maybe for you, breaking out of that mold is good for you. And maybe you need to start to, to talk and to talk to Hashem, to have a conversation with your Rebbe Shlilem. Just walk down the street and start talking to him. You know what? I bet he's listening. And if he's listening, it'll be a comfort to you and it also will bring the Rabbanu Shlalem into your life. It'll be not just doing mitzvahs and not just putting on tefillin and not just learning the daf and not just giving tzedakah and not just doing wonderful, wonderful, great things by unprecedented great things. But maybe we're going to connect the Rabbanu Shlalem to it now in a more profound way. And the way to do that is to get that conversation going. We need to change the texture of our avayda. Great word the texture of our Avaida. The Avaida is great, and everything else is great. But perhaps, maybe, maybe, the Kaddish Baruch Hu was shaking us up like most of us have never been shook before. No question about that. Who knows what reasons why? But a good place to start is having that conversation on a regular basis and get out of that comfort zone and perhaps be something different. I open it up and give it back to our wonderful uh, moderator who uh, who didn't even introduce himself before, and uh, see where we go with it. Thank you very much. Okay, wow, uh, I was going to give my since since I control the mic, I'll speak. Uh, everybody could sit, right? Everybody has a few hours. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, you Menachem, you were really you guys both par on. I mean, just basically awareness and realizing that you know we have to be comfortable in where we are and where we're holding. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have a I have a few questions pre-written over here. I reach out to anybody. Anybody wants to ask questions. We have some big guests on. I don't want to call anybody out. Uh, we have Mr. Weinberger on. Good wave. Come on, Mati. Can I put you on? Can you say hello to Doyle? Absolutely. 
I am, I, I love the program, but especially to have an opportunity to hear it by Solomon was like blown away and Menachem once again off the charts. And Oshie, I was waiting for you, just waiting to hear that, uh, that little spin to everything where everyone's got a smile. Somehow you'll, you can take the words and uh, just make it comical or Solomon off the charts. Was, the word change. I'm like, Corona, police. I was like, looking at which words are my triggers. The but word is work, but four letters. And even the concept of just Shemayna Esri, I think you're so right. I think my Shemayna Esri's are like right to those couple of like minutes, within like a minute. It's just seconds. So, yeah. Seconds. Seconds. Guarantee it, seconds. And, wow, thank you. Okay, let's start off with one question and we'll see where it goes with it, all right? Anybody else who wants to ask a question, this is part of the forum. Turn on the video if you feel comfortable. If not, not. You could uh, text me on. The, you could text me. You could text me on the chat on the side over there. I really like it to be interactive. Um, let's start with one pre 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 emailed in question. Let's take it from there. Ooh, which one? Let's make it. Let's make it a fun one. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot this first to Menachem, and then uh, Rabbi Salman, you can take over. Mati, I'm leaving you on. I'm you out. No, no, I'm out. I. I'm honored to be here, but I'm... Okay. Question goes like this. What does Hashem want from us? This is clearly a punishment, but aren't we doing just fine? We're doing everything we can. We're doing chesed, Torah, mitzvahs. What else can we do? Coach Menachem. Shkoyach. I believe that we just heard from Rabbi Solomon uh, most of the answers to this question. Um, first of all, it's interesting to see the way this person is thinking that it's clearly a punishment. Um, so, okay, I, you know, again, I can't say what it is because I don't know, but it's just an awareness to see how the thoughts of a person works. I don't think everybody looks at it the same way. I don't think everybody feels that it's a punishment. Yes, Hashem wants us to change. Yes, He wants us to grow. But that's the, the interesting piece of seeing that first. But, but the next part by saying, aren't we doing everything right? So I think we just heard from Rabbi Solomon, we're doing everything right. And sometimes we need to tweak it a little bit so that we should find a connection. Connection with Hashem. And I would say even before connection with Hashem is connection with yourself. Because we're, we do everything, a, a rote is like a, a rat race, and we're running and running and running. Can I stop you for a minute? Where are you going? What do you want? Who are you? Where are you going to be in a few weeks? What's the goal? What are you working on? What, what is working? What's not working? Those, that's questions to be able to connect to yourself. And like I mentioned before, they're hard questions. And that's why sometimes we have to become real to be able to see that these things we don't want to look at and be okay, understand it's work. And eventually, after you connect to yourself, then you can bring Hashem into your life and say, Hashem, this is something I don't like. This is something I want to work on. And without you, Hashem, I can't do anything. And I thank you for everything you gave me till now. And now, uh, please help! Please help me out to continue. So I believe um, most of the the this question was answered with the discussion. 
I just want to mention that in the chat, I realized there's a question over there. Um, what's the first step to take to be able to accept and start change? Because like you mentioned, change is very hard. So what should a person do? What's a good answer? So I'm going to let Rabbi Solomon maybe answer that question. Okay, you know, I, I, I have no problem personally with this question of calling it a punishment. Uh, I have no problem with that at all. I happen to agree with him. But, you know, punishment gets a bad rap. It, 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 you know, what's wrong with a punishment? Uh, as a very bad parent who never punishes, I know it's not popular anymore, but there happen to be a couple of my kids here on the screens, uh, and they'll tell you that the punishment is okay. And uh, as a matter of fact, a really good parent knows exactly how to punish and what to do and try to get results. And the, the good punishment is coming out of love. So I have no problem with that, with, the, with it being a punishment. It's obviously, you know, sometimes I think, you know, the Rabbanich doesn't want this corona either. I mean, you know, when you think about it, you know, why is he doing this? As if he's getting something from it or as if he, he wants this. He doesn't want it either. What he wants is he wants Klal Yisrael to be the, the Knesset Yisrael, the, 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 the Goy Kodesh that he created us for. We, we are, we are one-fifth of one percent of the world's population. We talk about the Amma Nivchar. Some people say, oh, Jews in the world, two uh, percent, maybe one percent, maybe, uh, no, maybe half a percent, one-fifth of 1% 1 of the world's population. And out of that, from all the world's population, from one-fifth, only 10% of us are Shemit Torah Mitzvahs. Talk about a, you know, a special group that we are. So he expects a lot from us, yes. He really does expect a lot from us. And I think that the Menachem, the way to get the, the ball rolling is what I suggested, is that conversation. Personally, I'll, you know, I'll tell you exactly, I mean, I was very, very sick. Uh, a few weeks ago. I was sick for over three and a half weeks. I don't I need to wash all my laundry here in front of the uh, this wonderful group. But Chaste uh, Hashem, he decided to keep me around and, um, and pulled me out of it. And a few weeks ago, the thought of me coming on here would have been uh, just impossible. Um, and, and I have a greater, greater awareness, greater than ever before. I walk in the street, I get in my car, and I'm talking. I'm talking to the management room. And, and the way, way that does it is that it just keeps him in front of you all the time. You know, there was a tremendous person that we had, we lost a few years ago, Shlema Pearl, Harvey Pearl, tremendous Magid Shear, he was a public school teacher, he was a, a Talmud Chochem Nifla, he was a fantastic person. And he, I remember he was losing weight a lot, and it was intentional, he wanted to lose weight. And I asked him, I said, how do you do it? So you know what he told me? He said, the people who tell you to lose weight, they tell you, don't get on the scale too often, you know, because it'll be discouraging. I disagree, he said. I disagree. He said, I get on the scale every day, sometimes twice a day. You know why? Not because of whether I'm going to see I lost a pound or half a pound, but now it's in my head. I got to lose weight. I got to lose weight. I got to lose weight. I'm on the scale all the time, he said, because now it's in front of me. So you have to put the Baruch Shalom in front of you. And that's what he's saying. You know, it's like he took away our Bechira. Anybody who doesn't see that this is Yad Hashem, he's, he's crazy. He's insane, you know? So, I mean, it's so obvious. 
So that's what he's saying. I want to get in front of you. I want to stay in front of you. Keep me there in everything that you do. Okay. Um, Rabbi Solomon, I got like a thousand questions. To what time can we go tonight? We do, two, two o'clock works for you? 2.30. Okay, 2.30. So I'll stop that's it. it. That's it. Um, we're going to start with one person. I'm going to turn him on. He has his video on. And let's see what he has to say. Okay? okay. Sure. I don't know the question, so. Okay. We're getting Okay, so you already started doing a little bit, but I wonder if you could walk us through a little bit the stages of change, because the person always could change, and could it really would be helpful if you could give a personal example about something that you, that you changed, where the inspiration came from, what you did with the inspiration, how you implemented it, how you were consistent, and and how you were able to measure the change. But if it's not you personally, at least describe, if possible, um, how would it look. It's a great question, and I and I accept the challenge. Shapsi, excellent. I I I appreciate it, and I welcome it. Um, the, the most important part of change. Look at look what he put up there. Look at that. <laughs> the the most <laughs> he changed the picture. You see, he's changing already. Look at that. The most important part of change is uh, small, small, small steps. Very small steps. Not great expectations a lot of patience, and making sure that you reward yourself for every little step. I would say those three things. The very, very small steps. Now, you could realize what you have, and you may have a thousand things that you need to change, and believe me, we all do, we all do. But if you keep it very, very small, and you're able to measure it, and give yourself that, that patience to see it doesn't happen overnight, and you're gonna slip back all the time, and then at the same time, you're going to reward yourself for it. It helps a lot to keep it going. I'll give an example. I'll give an example, and I'm, going to, I'm putting myself on the line because uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. And it's a small thing. But uh, uh, I heard a schmooze once not long ago about Chazara Sashatz. And since then, I try, try, only try, guys. I try to follow the Shliach Tzibur by Chazara Sashatz. And I open it, and, and, and I can tell you that nobody does it. Almost nobody does it. Uh, you know, and I almost I try even to put my finger on the place. And I'm following along all the way. Now, I don't know how, how much it's worth or not. I don't know. But I can tell you this. I know that it's worth something. You know how I know? Because I really don't want to do it. And the more you don't want to do it, the more it's worth. First of all, it's probably worth more. And second of all, it's a tikkun hamidais. If I really don't want to do it, and I'm forcing myself to do something I don't want to do, that's called being different. And that's how you grow. So believe me, there are, there are other examples like that. But I'm giving you a small example. And I'm not perfect by far. My mind wanders. And, I, and I'm, you know, sometimes I find myself following, you know, and then I go off the page. I keep going, you know. So not very helpful. So, uh, but that's something I'm trying to do, just as an example. But there, there are so many things that we could do. I think that's the excited. Great question, Chopsy. Menachem, Coach Menachem, come on. This is, this is, this is your baby. Well, Rabbi Solomon, he put down the steps very well. I just, want to admit, I just want to add, first of all, you have to know what you want to change. Where do you want to be different? What is it that you want to work on? That's step number one. But I just want to mention uh, a practical thing 
to start doing things differently, not even in, in Ruchnius, even very basic, less, like Rabbi Salah mentioned, you go home every day the same way. One day decide to make, uh, just go around the block, just do something different. It might sound funny, why should I do that? But that opens up that little part of the brain that we don't use, that, that, that unconscious. Because instead of going every day, doing the same thing every day, and you don't even think about it, start doing things just different. If you pick it up with your right hand, pick it up with your left hand. And you'll laugh, why, why should I do that? Because it wakes you up to your, it brings it, your subconscious, it brings it a little bit more into the conscious world. Right, exactly right. And you'll realize by doing these things, you will become aware of so many things about yourself that you have never thought of. Shake it up. People, that's, people are scared of that. I don't want to shake it up. You know, it's good the way it is now. Why shake it up? If right. you feel it's hard to do it by yourself, get yourself a good friend or someone to talk to. But that is what wakes up that part that we don't really use. Mm -hmm. All right, we keep on going. We have a lot more people. Let's try to move it along. Not try to pressure anybody. We have everybody. I just want to say hello. Everybody's on. Hi. Icons. They're one of the great people in the world, Rebchaim. Yes, yes. Okay, next question. Here we go. Can you hear me? We hear you loud and clear. Hi, thank you so much. Um, what recommendations do you have for families of, you know, where they're literally cooped in the house already? We're going into, what, the eighth week. And in the moment when you're feeling the pressure cooker, the stress of everything that's going on, and you have to organize all the kids have to go on Zoom calls and, you know, telecalls, that, uh, you know, you don't lose it in the moment. Um, so you don't have to get to the point where you have to like, start apologizing afterward for a reaction. What can you do in the moment? Nachum, you want to answer that question first? I'll take Great it. Great idea. So first of all, I want to congratulate you and all the mothers out there. But at the end of the day, I, mean, I, I don't know what's going on by everybody else, but I know what's going on by me and the phones and everybody needs whatever it is. I've been working in my car the whole month. <laughs> and, the, and the timing, everybody should get what, what they need, their time. And if it's uh, schoolwork, homework, it's really amazing. I know it's hard for some people. And the first thing they say is it doesn't have to be the way you think, meaning um, you have a piece of paper and everybody has their schedule. It sometimes just doesn't work out. And it's not only by the kids' schoolwork, it's by the adults too. It's by the men and by the women. It's just not a time that we can keep things the way it used to be. And that's pretty obvious, but a lot of people want to keep it the same way. And now we have to do this. Okay, let's do it right. It's, it's hard. It's very hard. And you have to see what you could and what you can't. So number one is you might not do it perfectly, but it doesn't have to be perfect. And one day they won't do it. It's not going to be um, the way exactly the way we think it should be. The next step is what we had somebody else on the show which she mentioned that she, um, she has a few minutes with each kid. And I threw in the most important thing is she has to have a few minutes with herself. 
So if you can have a few minutes of the day where you can sit down and you can drink your coffee, whatever you need, just for a few minutes quiet, and you get yourself ready for the day, and you know it's not going to look exactly the way you want, just by picturing that the situation and, and getting ready for it, usually it helps so that when it does happen, you're, you're like, oh, this is exactly what I, what I was thinking. So it's not the first time it happens, because in your mind it happened already. And if sometimes you do lose it, and I guess it's normal. We all have those moments that sometimes we lose it. And uh, I, the kids understand that, and it happens sometimes. But what you're asking, in, in the moment, in the moment can be very hard. In the moment, is, it's very hard to think straight. So that's why I recommend for a few minutes a day, get ready for that day. And if you want, you can picture in your mind the worst case scenario. So that whatever your day looks like, it's probably going to be much better than that. And uh, hopefully that recommendation helps. Excellent. Rabbi Solomon? I don't have much to add. I think uh, Menachem nailed it pretty much. Um, <laughs> I just want to say that uh, it's a combination of uh, a strange combination of being flexible and structured at the same time. That's really what it is. You got to be very flexible with your expectations. You got to have some structure in terms of time, or else the place is a hefty belt. And number three, you've got to find that time for yourself, as Malcolm said. The time for yourself is not a, it's not a, uh, an indulgence. It's not being spoiled. It's a necessary ingredient. Wake up. You've got to be able to find some time and get away, or else you're going to collapse. So, and it's a no-win situation. It sounds like if you're, it sounds like you're doing fine, by the way. Okay, who's ready? Okay. Who's ready for a tough one? You. <laughs> First of all, I want to welcome Ralph Schleim Schwarzenegger. He joined us tonight. Yeah. World's market share. Dr. Mordechai Weiss. It's probably about two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars worth of therapists on this on this session, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw out a tough question here. Um, I'm actually going to let Rabbi Solomon go first with this one. Okay. And, uh, maybe Nachum, maybe even Schleim, you could jump in, but let, let him. This is a tough one. Uh, I'm not comfortable to ask, but I have a question on how to deal with a husband that's not getting up for David until 10.30 from the point of Chinuch. We've discussed it. And from my point, I, it's just my resentment. My next question is when young children are not willing to daven or stay in, in school phone calls because it's just too hard to put in the effort. So it's really a double loaded question. One about the husband just doesn't want to get out of bed. He's really enjoying Corona. He's sleeping it off. And the other one, the kids are, you know, it is what it is. Rabbi Solomon, 35 years. I tell you, when I came on here, I did not expect that I would hear as somebody who's enjoying Corona. I mean, that's, uh, that's, quite, that's quite, a, uh, quite a surprise. Um, I'll take the first part and I'll give Menachem the second part so you can think about the second part of the question already. Um, I'm going to tell, tell you something surprising, uh, at least my response to the first part, and it's very, very, very disturbing and very difficult and, to watch and this and that. I would basically do nothing. I would do nothing. Can I tell that to my wife? Uh, it, you, it's a, it, you see, giving musser during this time <laughs> is pretty much a, a luxury that we cannot afford. And the marriage, if the marriage is basically good, um, uh, it, it, this is not the time to ruin it because there's so much tension involved anyway. And it's not easy to do to just sit there and watch while you're taking care of the kids. And yeah, but. I, I pretty much could guarantee 
that any Musa is going to fall on deaf ears. Don't think that you're going to yell at him and tomorrow morning he'll be up at Davani Vasikin uh, because you yelled at him to get out of bed. Uh, it's not happening. I would do absolutely nothing. And the trick is to not be critical the rest of the day. Or don't give him that face that you give him, oh, oh no, you know, no, or that snide remark because it's just going to uh, erupt and it's going to uh, uh, absolutely do no good. Hopefully, once this is done, he'll reset, he'll be back at work or whatever he does, or on Kyle, whatever it may be, and he'll be back to, uh, to getting up at a time. And I think you're just gonna have to write it out. Sorry. Malcolm, part two of the question. What was part two? Part two is that basically the kids are not being active in the school and the phone, they're jumping around. Do, do, does she hammer them down and like this or just let it go after? <laughs> Well, so that's pretty black and white, the way you said it. It's either hammer, <laughs> hammer them down or let them go. <laughs> Give me another path. Yeah, we got to find something in the middle. But I think it's uh, pretty similar to the, to the answer that we gave before. Um, again, I don't know if this is only corona-related. Sometimes I don't know what's going on in the house. But like Rabbi Solomon said, for many people, they give that advice even without corona. Because by giving Musser and um, trying to fix things with other people, sometimes it blows up. But with the kids also, you have, I, again, I don't know where they are when they do go to school. I don't know how they manage in school. I don't know how they are the whole year. And in this situation, you can't have it perfect. You cannot nail it down. Obviously, you won't be able to. You have so. to see what you could do. Those little steps that you could do. And that's what you're going to stick to. You're going to try whatever it is. And the rest will wait in Mitzvah Shem and uh, hopefully Bikarov will go back to whatever it was. But to fix things now, to have everything the way you want it to, to, to run, that's going to be very hard. Okay. I'm going to jump on to the next question. You ready? Yep. This is a relevant question. I don't know how to answer this one. I'd like to hear some answers from other people in the audience, by the way. It doesn't have to only be us. Somebody else might have an answer that may be very valuable. That's true. Um, let me ask Shleimer. Can you hear me? I don't, mean to, I don't mean for you to call on somebody. Oh. <laughs> ask, ask the question. And you, in the back seat. <laughs> and somebody else can offer an answer. Ask the question and then leave, leave it open. I'm, I'm taking your job away. Go okay. ahead. After they have to text me that they want to speak. So a lot of people like, you know, they're a little bit intimidated to speak and I have to unmute them. No, no, no. And if you're not intimidated to speak, you have your husband who doesn't want to get out of bed to early morning, till to late afternoon. What would you advise to do? Anybody have advice? Oh, somebody's raising their hand. Let's do it. Nasa May Ingber. Uh hey. So I actually have two questions afterwards as well. Um, and I'm in no place to to really answer anybody's thing. Um but what I would possibly say is your like that person's husband, I think he wants to. At the end of the day at a court, we all want to dive, we all will learn, we all want to do these things. But when it comes to these circumstances, when so many things come and take us over and we get overwhelmed, especially us men, we have a hard time expressing that because we are the man of the house. 
And we, when we get all these anxieties, these feelings, and all these different things coming up, and we don't understand how to, how to deal with them, a lot of times we'll sleep or, or we'll, we'll, we'll be late as, as a way of trying to cope with all these overwhelming feelings that we don't feel we have the safe space to be able to express it because we are the man of the house and I have to be the rock for my wife because I've always been that. And now that I'm not in a position where I'm overwhelmed by all these feelings, I don't know what to do. So and that's possibly why he might be in a position and why he's acting out in that sort of way. So what I would suggest is just give him a big hug and just give him a big hug and ask him if he's okay and ask him what's going on. Just let him know that you are there. Let him know that he has the space and the possibility and the, the opportunity to be vulnerable and you, your respect for him won't change anything. Your respect won't change. Nothing will defer because you are his wife and you love him and you are there for him through thick and thin. And if once us men feel that safe and that opportunity to be vulnerable, then I think he'd even start going back to the oven. Once he feels safe within his anxiety, he can make a change within that. So that's what I think. Uh, can, I jump, can I jump in over here? I can jump in? Go ahead. Okay, so I just, I just got over teleconference before to uh, high school girls. And the message I was giving over, and I, I, it's not my own line, but I really liked it a lot. It, it, the line goes like this. The tools are terrific, but the magic is in the mindset. I was talking about regarding Svir Salimer and the Torah. There's one thing that, I, that is, I, is a, I'm a big believer in. And, and the truth is, I, the reason why I love this, this Zoom class, uh, Menachem, Osher, you guys are fantastic. Of course, Rabbi Solomon, uh, you forget about your good looks. And, and the fact that you're why would, we, why would we forget about my good looks? No, I mean, because you have competition over here. That's all. I don't want to make this, like, you know, difficult over here. Um, I'm just but, starting but, to try, that's all. <laughs> but, but the thing is, it's really the attitude. And that's what, you know what I like, Rabbi Solomon? No. I don't mean to be, like, uh, just, like, stalking you here. But Please. it's it's really his sense of humor. This is no time for brevity. <laughs> And, and the truth is, it, 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 there's something, forget about the Kiruv that he does and, 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 and all the, uh, you know, the, 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 the people that he's helped at in therapy and uh, all the books and the articles and whatever, whatnot that he's done. But really, really, <laughs> what has to be brought on, and this is, you know, this is the Zoom class. This is the entertainment we need in our life. We need to have excitement. We need to have enjoyment. We need to have bring some some excitement to the life but again it's the mindset it's not so much about the strategies because quite often more often than not we give ideas and then says you know it's like the famous joke that you know the guy came to the rub and said i'm having sean bias problems and uh, he says okay you know bring her flowers so she he brings her flowers and remember flowers on tuesday is not like flowers on friday right we know that right you bring flowers on friday it's doing for shops bring it on tuesday it's for the wife he comes with the flowers and she says uh, what is this he goes well, I asked my Rebbe, and he says I should bring you flowers. So it's not so much about the strategies. It's about the mindset. It's about what's behind it. So um, it's just something to keep in mind. You, you, we want to always hear what people are saying. But again, some people it's respect, and some people it needs some discipline. Some people need one thing, and other people you know, need something else. It's just something to keep in mind, just throwing that out there, that we have, we have a cornucopia of ideas here, and it's important. One thing is going to resonate with you. Just try to find the right thing. That's all, the one that's going to really help your husband. Yeah. Thank you, Shlomi. If you want to add later, you can feel free. Addendum. 
All right, we ready for the next one? Go. I drank a lot. Of, I drank like a like like a double, triple espresso, so I'm good. <laughs> First of all, I'm nice. uh, Dr. Winkler is over here. He's a very famous guy. I just wanted to say shalom aleichem to him. How are you? That's right, my good buddy, Dr. Winkler. Aleichem shalom. I'm so happy. Program. He has so a happy. he has so a lot to proud. offer. He's holding himself back. <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> I, he was he was knocking on the string for me to open. I just released this. He was knocking for two hours. <laughs> okay, let's let's go with an interesting question. Okay, anybody who's open to talk, anybody who wants to talk, please text me. Let's try to make it more interactive. I don't know how to answer this question. I can't get myself to do the next step I need to do. I lost my job. I live on a nice budget. How am I supposed to pay my bills and continue living like this? My wife's still spending as if nothing is happening. Wow. Yes. Who volunteers first? Maybe Dr. Winkler. Time for Dr. Winkler. Yeah, this, is, this would be a good time for him to step I brought in. you special for this question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the audience tonight. Uh, uh. Um, we have another therapist on also, Dr. Mordechai Weiss, an addiction uh, therapist. And um, I don't want to put him on the spot, but it's, it's somewhat of an addiction question. You know, the wife's spending out of control. Advice. Thanks for not putting me on the spot. I appreciate it. I'm very good at that. Um, I would say I'm, I'm not, it sounds like it's a marital issue. And uh, first of all, I want to thank you for the show. I think that it's a great physic for everybody. And we heard a lot of words of wisdom tonight from everybody. So appreciate that. Um, the, the, the thing that uh, well, resonated. It's not my question. To clarify. I, I know it's not. Um, I think that communication is what would be the key piece here. And uh, there's no issue that could really uh, create a tremendous amount of pressure on a marriage if it could be discussed. So, you know, I think that the other marital therapists here might want to jump in on that one. But I think that my take on it is if they could find some way to open a conversation about that, rather than him, you know, saying, himself. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go on because my wife is spending and I, I don't have money. How am I going to manage? So if he wants to tackle that issue first about his wife's spending, I think that a healthy communication about that, of course, healthy communication is the key piece here. I think that that would go a long way to opening up a potential solution to this issue. Very good answer. I just want to, I want to mention one thing off the cuff over here. I mean, we didn't talk so much financial, but I do think it's a very heavy topic. Um, I've been requested many times recently to bring, you know, to bring a really just a session regarding retail stores and people that are suffering financially. I just want to bring it up so we could all, you know, take our take. Um, I think the one thing that we all are from this that I see personally is that the Elam is realizing that we're all in the same boat in a certain sense. We're all going through the same. And you see so many people, whether they're really being financially hit or the anxiety of it is hitting them. It's a real fear. I mean, across the board, and this question is a very simple question, but it's really, it's a very true question for many people. You're living on, you know, um, you know it's a simple life of three, $400,000 a year, you know, with one kid. It's tough, you know, you're trying to make it. And then, you know, you lose your job, you know, most jobs pay that. And uh, how do you continue, you know? It's, 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 it's a tough situation before uh, coronavirus, before COVID-19, it was almost impossible to make it. And now with this, I find that I'm saying a lot of people that I'm talking to, that this is the, one of the biggest concerns. Obviously, it's a loaded question. It's not a simple question. 
it's the Amuna part, it's dealing with it, it's re, re the word that, uh, the six letter word that uh, Rabbi Salah mentioned, it all goes back to that. And uh, the question is, how should a person that's going through a financial hardship how deal with it in his ruchniestek sense and in his, finan- in his emotional sense? I can't sense? see you. I can't see you when you, when you stand in front. I want to be the chance. Okay. Anybody want to go into the financial part? So, I mean, could you clarify the question a little bit more? Clarify the question like this. A friend of mine used to make a very nice parnasa, and he lived a very normal life, paying his bills. Again, you know, the amount of money that we need to make is huge without, without this COVID, COVID problem. And there are very few businesses that are doing very well now, but I would say probably, I'm just going to throw a number, about 70%, 80% are really bleeding. When I say bleeding, I mean bleeding. Anybody in retail, cell phone Anybody, uh, any type of business besides maybe, I don't want to say anything, because everyone's like, ah! but you know, most people are bleeding and I see from friends of mine, uh, the hardship. So what should there be there? Should they say, okay, this is something I'm going to learn to change myself. I'm going to change my spending habits. I'll make a change of it. Say, no, let my wife just spend, spend, spend. I'm going to help me. What is the, what's the right approach if somebody's really going from $250,000 a year to basically a hundred or less? So, I mean, I'll just come from a halachic perspective. Uh, there was a famous uh, Mishnah Brewer that he talks about spending for Shabbos. And he says, should someone just spend for Shabbos just like carte blanche and say, because Hashem is going to give me back whatever I'm supposed to get? Or should a person be mitzamtzim? It's a very difficult piece of Mishnah Brewer, but it basically says that a person has to do what, what's within normal range, what makes sense for him at that time. So although, let's say this is like, you know, you can get whatever you want to get, yeah, it has to work within the framework. So just coming from a halachic perspective about spending money and going on the old, even though you don't have, halachically, that's not sound. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't necessarily condone spending if you don't realize, if you don't make a, a, a calculation that it makes sense that you could actually um, get, cover, your, cover your expenses. So just from that perspective, it wouldn't make sense. Then we go to part two of the question. So what do we do then? If we can't live on the old budget and we're not living the lifestyle we used to live, so uh, I think most of the therapists here would agree to me that I think it's the line we said last week, that if you can't go outside because of quarantine, you go inside. And yeah, that might be a redefinition for you. What are you if you're not your money? If you're not your economic strata, what happens? Who are you then? Ezehu Asher. Ezehu Chachum. Who are you if you're not your money, if you're not your lifestyle? And that's some of the questions that Corona begs us to ask exactly take that pause what's actually happening who am i again that's not the easy answer i see menachem shaking his head he's he's all for that for going inside i'm sure many of you out there saying that's not going to cut it for me i want to know what do i do now because this is i'm not able to survive but that would probably be the hard answer anyone wants to chime in and you know comment on that menachem you want to go there maybe robert salman i know it's a loaded question yeah i'm just saying if if he can change in a minute wow Go ahead. <laughs> but that's what we discussed before. And it's probably not only um, by the financial, but this is what a lot of people are, are seeing. A lot of people are, the things are under the, the rug are, is coming out. And this is what, what I mentioned before. The, the, the step number one is to realize that you, till now I did not want to look at this. This is something I don't want to see. I don't want to think about it. And yes, it is painful. I'm not going to take it away. And 
the reason why I ran till now and why we're running and keeping ourselves busy is because of this, because I don't want to experience the pain that we're thrown into this. And, and they say the, 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 what, what's something that makes a person really change is, is pain. Because, you know, as long as I can manage without it and figure something out, we'll figure something out. But when the, you push them to the corner, and there's no way out, and you feel the pain, and you have to figure something out. But again, that's already one of the steps that you can do. But before that, you have to realize we're in a situation that we're becoming aware of the things that we did not want to see, and now we're starting to see it. How do I um, accept that? How do I take it? And uh, very important is what we mentioned last time was self-care. Because if not, you're going to be in bed for many hours. You're not going to be able to get out. It, it, it's hard. So you have to give yourself what you need. And you have to realize it's hard. And eventually, open communication, like you mentioned, figure something out, something small. And uh, hopefully there'll be a Yeshua. But when there's a Yeshua, we don't want you to go back to what it was and no more thinking. You don't want to think. We want to open you up to a new way of seeing things different and fixing it because that's really the tackless. But again, yes, it's hard and it's not going to happen overnight. Could I give a lighter answer for a second? I, I know it's, we're so heavy here, us like thinking people. It's just a little heavy. For all you guys who are a little bit more lighter out there, like want something a little bit more, uh, more elevating, that one, uh, there's a quote that famously says that for every door that closes, another few more open. So I just want you to open up your mind for a second and think if the door of finances has closed, open your eyes to something else that can excite you. So although let's say there might not be money, but you can do something else. There might be some relationships. There might be some pleasures that you've had that you might not be tapping into. It's just something to, to think about. Like, like I think of Rabbi Solomon and I get excited. I start laughing, not in that way. But I'm just saying, like, in other words, it's just something, it's like you could, right? I'm saying, t t Rabbi Salman, join me in this a little bit, right? Tell me a little bit about the humor that you use, right? Imagine, I, I tell this to people all the time, that because you don't want to be alone. And that's why I love about the Zoom class. Everyone here is doing this together. Imagine you're on the highway. None of us should have this, but you're on the highway going to the Catskills. And you break down, it's Arab Shabbos, it's rainy, it's dark, and you're on the side of the road, and you have no gas. And that's not a pretty place to be in. You're going to be in a really dark place. But imagine you with three good friends and, and you guys are running all the way laughing with that gas tank running and slipping in the mud and you guys kicking each other. You go, oh my gosh, this is crazy. It's the same situation. But again, that mindset thing, you guys are laughing all the way, right? So it's, it's, it's not always necessarily like the situation that's bleak, which it might be. And there really is people that have lost their money, Lord, lost their panos it's really difficult situation but rabbi salman i i think this is something that's really like your forte maybe share with us a little bit about that that humor that attitude that, that you could open up yourself to something else that you might not be tapping into yeah you're not gonna be happy with me but um uh i i i, I prefer not doing that because I, I don't think that it's something that everybody can do and it's an unrealistic expectation uh, frankly, that's it. People are going to be able to just laugh their way through it and roll themselves around in the mud and, and be fine about it. Uh, so I, I prefer, if you don't mind, since your mother lives on the same block as me, you'll be more forgiving. 
So, and, and, uh, we're still diving together. Yeah. So, uh, so what I really want to say is that we're talking like 12 minutes about worrying about money and the word bitachon has not yet been mentioned. I mean, I mean, hello. I mean, what, the answer to worry is bitachon, ladies and gentlemen. That is the most important answer. The most. It's not the only answer. And Rabbi Schwartzberg already left his video because I didn't. I didn't so it's not, it's not the it's not the only answer. And of course, you need your hishtadlus. And of course, you need a lot of different things. But the number one answer to worry is bitachin. And if you're not working on your bitachin in some way, you're going to find all kinds of yisurim, all kinds of nisyainus that you're not going to pass. And you can have all the humor in the world, but you can't laugh your way through life. It's not going to work. You know, it's very nice as a distraction once in a while. But there's a reality out there. You have to face it. But if you wait until something happens, it's too late. You've got to be fortified. You've got to walk into battle with armor. And that armor is bitachon. I'm, I'm, I'm reading a fabulous book now, which is uh, from Rabbi Chil Per on Madregas Ha'adam. It's, it's fantastic. It, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's from uh, one of the Kielsons. I think it's called Faith Over Fear. And it's practical. It's a practical way to look at situations and remind yourself that your Banishlam is running the world. You know, uh, easy for me to say because I'm healthy now, Baruch Hashem. You know, it wasn't so easy a few years ago when I was sick. But, you know, you've got to walk into battle with ammunition. And the ammunition is you'll be tough. And I'm sorry for getting thrown on you, you know. But we can't we can't talk for fifteen minutes about about fear and anxiety and not even mention the word bitachin. So yes, I got heavy. Sorry. Okay, I want to I want to just give a little ending words over here, and if it's okay with you, that's it. No, I can keep going. I have more and more. It's up to you guys. <laughs> but I think I think I think we did. I think it was a beautiful a beautiful meeting tonight. We had over six six hundred and fifty people come in. We had a sal three sixty salad. So, uh, Rabbi Solomon, you did a huge chesed tonight, and you're Mahan, everybody here, especially me. That's what counts, right? <laughs> From an artistic point of view. It's Usher Parnas. He doesn't say his name the whole time. He doesn't, his name is not up on the screen even. It's Usher Parnas, and he puts the whole thing together with Rabbi Menachem and, and with Menachem Barak Friedman, and they did a fabulous job. Thank you, thank you. And we're really happy that you agreed to come. Uh, I just want to tell everybody on. The plan is to do this right now, Sunday nights. We have big, big guests coming on. I mean, not on Rabbi Salman's level, but close, okay? Yeah. Rabbi Salman, your big friends agreed to come on because of you, by the way. I know, I heard. That's yeah, right, that's right. And uh, we have some big shows coming on, so I really want everybody who's here to realize they're coming. Uh, Menachem, Men Coach Menachem will be sending everybody an email of this whole session, completely recorded. Um, anybody who doesn't have his email or anything like that, uh, just go to his website, Menachem. Uh, uh, Menachem uh, B, what is it? MenachemBurfel.com. You can sign up, you subscribe. He's going to send you that. He's going to let you know who people that are coming. Um, I think this is a huge plas platform. People need it. I mean, obviously, it's being launched during COVID and it's really accelerating, but Shlemy, I think this is this can go. I think this is the new Mahalach. Open sessions. We have $1,000 worth of therapy an hour together. You're going to put me out of business, Usher. <laughs> we're going we're we're to work it around with the insurance, whatever, working it out. <laughs> Again, I want to give a special thank you to Clear Club Glass, uh, Mr. Uh, Rabbi Musk, who's on with us tonight, who sponsored the whole event. 
Thank you. Thank you. Did the glass and the picture behind me. That's how good he does. That's what he does. <laughs> Appreciate it. And I want to thank all the other sponsors. I want to thank again Chayla Kaufman from the Ated Matzah for, for advertising. Thank you to the Lakewood Scoop, Hasenfeld. He's always supporting the program tremendously. I want to special thank you to Shlemy Katz from LNN, LNN Lakewood News Network. And um, I want to end off with a bracha, and then I would like Menachem to give a bracha. Rabbi Solomon, you could, you could, you could, you could, you could close her. You're, you're going to be the Yankees pitcher over here tonight. What's his name? Not a Yankee. Mariano. Mariano. Not a Yankee fan. Oh. Now, whatever. I want to give a bracha to everybody for all coming. That everybody should be zayich. That we should get through this, and we should rebuild ourselves stronger. This should, this, this should be a, as what's his name said, Rabbi Twersky said, you know, like with the, with, with the famous thing with the, with the lobster. It goes into the shell and it has to break out of it. That's the, 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 the tsar that the, that the lobster goes through is the strength to become stronger. And we should all, through this, become stronger. I see a tremendous change, tremendous change, mostly for myself now, but from everybody else during this time. I see people being doing uh, the chesed level, tripled, quadrupled. I see people being more caring, more thoughtful, people spending tremendous amount of time with their, with their families and, and the kids. You know, some people are complaining, but you know something, if you're complaining, there's, there's a bigger problem there. And Hashem's putting it forcefully in our face, literally. You can't even go outside, you get a ticket. That's, that's how serious we're talking, you know? And Baruch Hashem, there's a lot of positive. You know, we're really, it seems like you know, a big part of the, the, the thing is, is passing, and we hope we move on from that. I give a bracha to Coach Menachem. He should continue on his, his journey. He's a tremendous, tremendous person. I, I personally uh, admire him. Everything he speaks is real. That's why it's called, I didn't name the show, it was named, and it's called Let's, Let's Get Real with Menachem, because Menachem is 100% real. Some people don't like it. They, they'd rather go in the closet and make believe, you know, they're still rich and they're making $50 million and no change. But for the people that can really handle real, Coach Menachem, that's what he is. And I want to give a special brother to Rabbi Salman. You look great. You You should keep on growing. Everybody should know he's in Jackson, New Jersey. And anybody who needs any special therapy, he's there for them. No, no, no. It is what it is. I'm, I'm going to call you tomorrow. I have other problems. I have to talk privately. <laughs> <laughs> and shkoyach for the chizik and the muna and the betoch and everything. And we really appreciate everything. Coach Menachem, Abrochem Kudoylem. Abrochem, wow, you put it down. Mamash, amazing. Tonight's show was really, really, I really want to thank everybody, and especially our sponsors. And like I said in the beginning, the, the positive feedback that we get from this is unbelievable. And there are people who put in koiches. Um, I'm not going to mention everybody's name, but those who did, they know about it. And it's unbelievable how... I'm sorry, I have to stop you right there. I have to give a special, special thank you to Menachem Friedman, who has been the driving force behind us together with his brother, Pinky Friedman, who did all the hard work up for hours, graphics, calling people, getting it together. I'm sorry, I have to call you out. Don't talk to me again. Thank you very much. And Rabbi Solomon, I thank you very much for being here tonight. And I think tonight's show was Mamish from talking to Hashem and Amun and Betochen, which, are, which is really the basics, what we have to go back to our basics before we get lost in everything else that's going on. And that's really the deeper meaning in these unprecedented times is to just come back to where we are, to who we are, and to connect to Hashem. So I'd like to give everybody a bracha. Hashem should be pointed us. Hashem should help us all. With all the chalim shahab refur shalema. And we should have an achama and everything should uh, go back to the new normal with the change, more connected to ourselves, more connected to Hashem. And we should be zoicha to the Geula Shleima b'mheir of Yemenu. Shkoyach. Amen. Rabbi Salman.
I would like to, uh, I'm going to direct my closing remarks to the people that we don't see. And um, most of the people on here are not on video. And most of the people here did not send in questions. And most of the few hundred people who came in remained either anonymous, etc. But I think that in all likelihood, those are the people who are really hurting. And they, it's too painful even to talk and it's too painful to show my face. And a lot of people are suffering big time. And I don't want them to feel like they didn't take part because they weren't a therapist or they weren't Chaim Abadi. So, you know, so I don't, I don't get to any recognition. But those people who is the majority are the people who are really hurting. And, um, and they're wondering, how am I going to get through this? And uh, even though it's easing up, but it just doesn't seem to ever end. I have one more graphic to show you, if you don't mind. And this is my idea with using a mnemonic for what the most important way it is to cope through what's happening over here. And it's the mnemonic is don't. And there are three things, distraction, off negative, and talking. These are the three things you need most. You need to be distracted from what's happening in order to cope, very, very important. But you need to get away from the negative. You gotta stop reading all the websites and every single WhatsApp and every obituary and everything that's so negative, it's just not healthy. And it's gonna help you cope if you pull away. And number three, you gotta talk. I don't care what you do, you gotta find somebody to talk to if it's your spouse, better not your kids, but if it's your spouse or a friend or an aunt or a Rebbe or a Rebbitson, whoever it may be, the more you talk about it, that's how you deal with fear. The more you talk about it, the better it feels. So find a way to talk, get distracted, push out the negative, and you're gonna make it through. And the Eberstes, let me tell you, it's gonna be a better world when this is over, somehow. And better times are coming. Merz Hashem. Hopefully it'll be Bukharev. Be sooner and sooner, and we see it already coming a little bit. But there are better, better times are, are coming, and this world is going to be a better place. And we're going to look back on it with a lot of hardship and a lot of sadness. But hopefully, we're going to look at it while we're different people. And we'll give you a bracha to each and every one of you to be able to cope, to get yourself through it, to be able to be distracted, to get rid of the negative, to talk, so that you'll be able to have the right bitachin, and then you'll be able to flourish through this and create that relationship with the Rabbani Shalom. That's what he wants. And that's what's missing. It's got to get better. And if it gets better, it will be a better world. We should be zeichet to have Sida Gulishlema. When we open up that door to Shveicha Mascha, a lot of people were genuinely disappointed. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. They really, they really opened up the door seriously, not like every year. We should hopefully open up that door and see Elio Anov in Shiasit Kane of Mehrit. Amen. Shabbat everybody. Good night. We'll see you next week. Shem Sunday. Menachem will keep everybody posted. Coach Menachem. Emails. Everybody. Thanks for coming. Please come next week. We're going to make a special segment for you, by the way. We're working on it also. Shabbat everybody. Good night. Azak. Thank you.